Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. Boy, oh boy, do we have a treat for you today. <laughs> Episode 39. But first of all, I, first of all, yep. first of all, first of all, <laughs> first of all, First, First of all, I just want to thank the listeners. Like, I put a post out on Facebook earlier this week because a memory came up. And a year ago, like, this thing literally started with a $20 body mic, my cell phone, and a buddy's attic. Like, it, it's amazing how far we've come in a year. And, and I want to thank the people that listen, right? The people that tune in, that listen to this thing, that draw strength and hope from it. Thank you, guys. My heart is full. You're listening to We Do Recover. The name I was given at birth is Jared Miller, and I'm the host of this thing. Let me introduce the rest of the, pe- the amazing people I have in the room today. Your co-host, medical expert, addictionologist, Dr. Terry Sellers. Good morning, everybody. Happy to be here. You're looking bright this morning. I'm purple today. <laughs> I, got my, I got my purple on, so. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Good. Looking good. And then, of course, this thing wouldn't even be possible if it wasn't for this man. We yeah, love right. this guy. Our producer. <laughs> he wasn't He wasn't talking about you. I was about to I'm introduce kidding. Todd, but I guess hey, we'll Sean's go there. Good. Sean Denovan. <laughs> oh, hey, it's my time to talk. He's a little off today. That's okay. Future forgiveness. And the guy I got sitting next to me, I met about four, three or four years ago. My yeah. Uncle Mark. You know, I was struggling, feeling a lot of shame, feeling a lot of like just uh, ickiness. And he said, come, come listen to this guy talk. And I thought, what the heck? Yeah. You know? And uh, so it was none other than the guy sitting next to me. He is a national speaker. He is a belief coach. He is an author. And we'll get to his book in a little bit. Todd Sylvester. Hey, thanks for having me, Jared. It, you, it's you've come pleasure. a long way since I've seen you last time. <laughs> I'm serious. You weren't in a good place, and to see where you're at now is very inspiring. So good so, job, man. Some of the things you may have said to me could have very well been, you know, the the light, that, the spark that lit my fuse. So Yeah, you weren't broken. Yes, yes. You thought you were, but you weren't. I did, I did. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're thanks excited to have me. you. So episode 39, part one, is brought to you by Steps Recovery Centers. Listen, if you or a loved one need help, give my buddy Drew a call. Give my buddy Kevin a call. Give my buddy Mitch a call. Jen Jen Jones, Julie Jackson, like reach out. Give us a call. Give us a call. 801-800-8142. There's people standing by that can help you get it, can help you get into to recovery. <clears throat> And help your loved one get some help. So, new and goods. Dr. Sellers, what's new and good? Uh, I'm here in St. George. That's always good. (laughs) Uh, What else do I have? I don't know. I'm just happy to be here, dressed in purple. Life is good. (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. I don't know. So, Todd, he set the bar pretty low. What's new and good with you? (laughs) Well, I'm in St. George, too. Yeah. It's a good place to be. It It is. is. And we're we're on the campus of where I went to school way back in 1987. Wow. (laughs) So little nostalgia going on. Yeah. No, I love this place. I I really do. Uh, Good memories. Well, some tough memories, too, but... uh, Overall, it's, it was good. Do you even recognize the place with how much it's changed it's, since 87? Yeah, it's crazy how much it's grown and how big it is now compared to where it was back then. It was a junior college back then, so, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're big boy college now. Yeah, big you boy. Gotta, cha- gotta change your name, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. all over Did that. I think, yeah, yeah. I think Todd's roommate was, uh, like... Back in the Stone Age, right? Like Fred Flintstone? Was it Fred? <laughs> Fred I'm not and that old. I'm not no, that old. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. Just give hey, me a bad It was Rob LaFollette. I'll give him a little shout out. <laughs> One of my good friends. Wait a sec. Uh, Fred was my roommate. What are you talking that's about? Right. I knew it was somebody's roommate. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I knew, yeah. I knew Flintstone was, was yeah. in the lineup somewhere. We got, we got in the little car. We paddled to the rib shop and got the big slice slab of ribs yes. and drove away. Yes. Yeah. With Dino? Dino yeah. on the side? Yeah. What are we talking about, guys? Know. All right, Sean Denovan, <laughs> what's new and good with you, buddy? I saw my parents for the first time in two years. Whoa. Wow. Where yeah. do your parents live? Uh, San Jose. Okay. So they were very, like, you know, COVID sensitive, so they came out to visit. And uh, my and kid, kid graduated from college and high school at the same week. 
Yeah, that was last week. Yeah, so <laughs> that's why they were here. I get, yeah, all kinds of good things happen. Maybe you know, I'm just happy to be around the good things happening. But that's good news. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good news. Yeah, right on. That's a lot of good. Hey, things. congratulations to your son! Like he graduated high school and college at the same time. Had high honors with oh. with his college graduation. Sean, you're doing something right. I now. didn't do nothing. No. Okay. Yeah, you did something. You what did, I did took two minutes. Right. After that, he's on his own. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, hey, hey. We're gonna have you work with Todd on some uh, beliefs here, right? <laughs> There's a lot of negative self talk, right, Todd? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to have him work with a sex therapist on his stamina. <laughs> what? Left turn. Okay. All right. Sorry. Well, should we get this thing? Should we get this party started? We're five minutes in. Oh, this is a party. Let's have a party. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's do it. So here's the interesting part: is you know Todd Sylvester. I don't really know him. So uh, let's start off briefly with uh, help us uh, humanize Todd Sylvester. Who are you? Tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I grew up in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. I, I went to Brighton High School. Go Bengals. Yeah, go Bengals. Hey, right on. <laughs> best, best high school in the state. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's debatable. Yeah. No, I went to Brighton High School. had a, a good childhood. I had two parents that I knew that loved me. Basketball was my passion. Um, I, I learned at a very young age. I had this all-or-nothing mentality. And when I would set my mind to something, I would do it, good or bad. And uh, basketball was, was what I was going to do. I was going to get a college scholarship. I was going to play pro basketball. That was my dreams and hopes. And, um, anyway, um, ended up losing that. We can get into that a little bit later because of, of my addiction at the time. But, uh, I'm married. I have four children. Um, my youngest is 20 <laughs> and everyone's out of the house, which is kind of good and bad. It's weird to have it being quiet, but at the same time, it's nice that they're doing their thing. I have a grandchild and one on the way. Um, I work at uh, Wasatch recovery, as a counselor, I've been there for seven and a half years, and I've been a mindset coach for 31 years. I've done over 17,000 individual sessions since then, and I've been clean and sober for 31 years. So that's a little bit about me. That was quite a 31 bit. 31 years, yeah. That's big. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, he he has. I just want to point out real fast. He has an amazing wife. His wife is a sweetheart, very yeah. supportive. When when the kids moved out, <laughs> did you did you feel like you had to kind of get to know her again, or yeah. like how was that dynamic, Todd? Yeah, it was almost like we looked at each other. What what do you want to do? What, <laughs> what are we going to do now? So, but yeah, no, she's a sweetheart, and she's been very supportive through my journey, and she's fantastic. That's okay. awesome. I may have some bad news for you. I have three kids. My youngest is thirty two. Okay. <laughs> Two of them are back in the house. Oh, so, <laughs> so they may, they, they may so be coming back. They, so they might be coming back. Yeah, they okay. may not stay away. You never know. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's cool. Um, what should we do? You wrote a book. Yeah. Well, tell us about that. Like, how did you get the inspiration to write a book? What? How? We got the book right up that? there. Yeah, so um, I have a book called I Am Recovered. It's uh, it's my own personal story of uh, overcoming addiction. And then I have a, a recovered uh, manual. Um, it's uh, some principles that I teach my clients. And then I have a, a little small ebook called It's Time to Start Living. And, uh, you know, I, I learned by a really amazing person. He was the ghostwriter for the... Um, seven Habits of Highly Effective People for Stephen Covey. Wow. And I'll never forget what he told me. He says, if you want to leave a legacy, you have to write your story down. And I knew that uh, I had a story to tell. I, everyone does. And I think, you know, it's something I share with my clients to this very day. If you want to leave a legacy, the only way to do that is to have your story written down. So a hundred years from now, people can still be inspired and hopefully find hope and and, you know, strength in your story that, you know, many years later. And so that was kind of the inspiration behind it. I wanted to leave a legacy. And uh, um, the, the, the first ebook went really well. And then the, the I Am Recovered hit uh, number one bestseller on Amazon, which totally surprised me. <laughs> That's amazing, though. I was Congratulations. Like, yeah, so that was kind of cool. And then I just barely came out with this uh, recovered manual um, about two weeks ago. So been kind of fun, you know, so I, I'm excited to hopefully help some people and, and uh, like I said, leave a legacy. Yeah, that's so cool. If people want to get a hold of those books, what's the best way for them to do that? 
So I have a website, ToddSylvesterInspires.com. Uh, they can get go there, but am, they're on Amazon. That's probably the best place, Amazon, but they're in other bookstores as well. But that's Amazon's typically the best place. Sweet, sweet. Yeah. Tell me about the choice of the cover. There's some uh, lemons on the cover yes. I noticed. Yes, well, that's, that's an awesome story. So when I was in the height of my addiction, um, and I get emotional about this, um, really struggling. I was a bartender. And uh, which is not good if you're trying to stop drinking. <laughs> it's probably not a great, probably not the best choice of professions for a drinker, but whatever. Yeah, it really isn't the best thing. But uh, needless to say, I was a bartender. And as a bartender, I'd get tips from the waiters and waitresses because I would help them with their drinks. And then anyone that sit at the bar. And then I would get a lot of change. And I'd keep this change in the cup holders of my car. And I had about 30 to $40 of quarters, nickels, and dimes in there. And... And I was about eight months into trying to change my life around, meaning I had finally said, okay, I need to get past this addiction. I need to do something. I was basically in relapse mode at that point and white knuckling it, having a rough time. Mm. And I was, it was a Saturday. I remember it was this beautiful day like it is today uh, here in St. George. And I'm driving up this road called Newcastle where I lived. And out of the corner of my eye, I see this little girl selling lemonade. Precious. Didn't think anything of it, drove right on past. And then I had this impression come over me, turn around and give her all the money in your car. And I thought, wow, that'd be cool. I got a lot of change in here. And so I flipped my car around. I pull up, this roll down my window, and there's this cute little fourth grade girl just sitting there. And I said, how much? She said, 25 cents. I said, I'll take one. So she pours it, hands it to me. I set it on my dashboard, and I tell her to cup her hands like this. <laughs> and... And I just start scooping all this change in her hand. And this little girl, I, it's like tattooed on my brain. She just freaks out. <laughs> She's like, no way, no way. I'm like, I got more. And it takes me like nine scoops to get all this money into her hands. And the last scoop that I put in her hand, she throws on her little table there and she takes off into the house. And I'm thinking she's going to go tell her parents some dude just gave her a million bucks. <laughs> right? Well, as I, as I pull away, <clears throat> as I pull away, I just start crying. And you know, for your for your listeners here and your viewers, have you ever cried so hard you feel like you're cleansing your soul? It was one of those soul cleansing cries. I have to pull my car over, I put it in park and put my face in my hands and I just sob. Because for the first time I, in my life that I could remember at that point was the, that I actually made someone's day. And we all know this in addiction, you become very selfish. You know, I'm gonna lie to you, I'm gonna cheat you, I'll manipulate you to get what I want. and I could not believe the feeling that I was feeling. And in that moment, I wanted to be clean. In that moment, I wanted to make a difference. In that moment, I actually loved who I was. Um, there's a beautiful quote by Ferdinand Foch. He says, the most powerful weapon on earth is the human soul on fire. This lit my soul on fire. And that all or nothing mentality kicks in. And I thought, if that little girl's there next Saturday, I'm giving her all my money. And sure enough, next, the next Saturday I pull up, she recognizes me. <laughs> she starts to freak out. And I give her $25 and quarters, nickels and dimes. I do this the next Saturday and the next Saturday. And every time I pull away, I just start crying. Tears of joy and the feeling that I was feeling. You know, I've learned a very powerful principle through that. If you want to be, you have to give it away. We have to give to get. And it's one of the most powerful things I learned in that moment. And so I did this for two and a half months every Saturday to this little girl. <laughs> and I think she just set up the table waiting for me to drive by. And sure enough, I'd pull up and give her all this money. She freaked out. And it was one of those life-changing moments for me. She couldn't close up shop until Todd yeah. came through. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I think so. <laughs> right, She's like, well, right. I'm done for the day. <laughs> right, right. Todd came and I'm out of here. Talk so. to me about that feeling, though. You said that the yeah. feeling that you got, like, like, what was that for you? I, you know, I didn't know it then, Can but I put I, you on hold oh, for a please, second. Sure. I'm going to go outside and set up a lemonade stand. I'll be right back. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll drive by yeah. after. Okay. <laughs> sure. Um, I, you know, that feeling was one of, I actually liked who I was. I, you know, love maybe wasn't there yet, but it felt, I mean, love and like, it was just, I was like, man, I'm actually making a difference in this girl's life, even if it was for 10 seconds to see her reaction. Yeah. And I, you know, you, you, you know, this Jared will, you know, when you're in the height of your addiction, you feel like you're the, you know, a piece of shit, to be honest with you. Yeah. You don't think you're any good. You don't think you can't, 
you know, you don't did you notice love the, who uh, you are. Did you notice the producer mark that so he can go back and oh, sorry take about that. that. Sorry. Um, but no, there, there's, there's some truth to that. There's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. I mean, you we're a lot of times we're our own hardest critic, right? Yeah. Like I, you can never be as hard on me as I will be on myself. I promise you that, right? Like I'll beat myself yeah. up way worse than anybody can For ever sure. beat myself up. The thing that I love about your story, Todd, is you're taking the things that you learned and through your process of getting into recovery and you're helping other people with that. Yeah. The first time that we ever sat down in a one-on-one I can remember I had multiple years at the time, but I felt like, and I shared with you, I felt like I was white knuckling it. Yeah. And one of the turning points that really helped me was you looked me dead in the eye. And the first time anybody had ever said this to me, I'd never heard the words I'm proud of you. I'd never, it was always questioning, like, are you really clean though? Which was demoralizing because here I am waking up every day with this boulder called addiction, pushing this thing around and I'm just exhausted. And then to have people second guess you, it's like, (laughs) I might as well be using because nobody believes me anyways. Right. Despite the past UAs and all, all this stuff. Anyways, it's about Todd, but he, he looks me in the eyes and he says, you are not broken. And that's the first time anybody had ever said anything, despite the treatment, despite the fellowship, despite, and it hit me in my soul. Like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not like, I'm yeah. still here. I'm still drawing breath. Like my story's not over. Yeah. And so that you're, you're giving other people kind of that self that you gave yourself. Right. I'm yeah. sure when you gave that change away, you thought I'm not broken. I'm contributing. I'm bringing joy to other people's lives. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the most powerful force in the human psyche is the story we tell ourselves about ourselves. And I'm telling you, you know, I look back on my addiction. It wasn't the addiction. I was poisoning myself with these beliefs that I was no good. And it started when I was a young kid because of some experiences that I had gone through. I just walked around just thinking I am not good enough. And, and now what's a beautiful thing in my office, I wish I had a picture of it, but above my head is a quote that says, the most delightful surprise in life is to suddenly recognize there's nothing wrong with you. And I really, I, I tout that I'm the only guy in the, in the world, and I'm sure there's others, but <laughs> that tells a client, I, I'm sitting across from a heroin addict who just came out of detox, and I'm telling him that. And I'm not kidding you, the reactions I get are amazing. I wish I could video them. You get people crying. You get people thinking I'm crazy. You get people laughing like, are you... You're joking, right? You know, and I said, you may not realize that now. And I get that, but I'm telling you to our core, there's nothing wrong. It's just the story that we tell ourselves that there is something wrong. Absolutely. And so that's, that's what basically you and I were doing. And, and again, I'm just so impressed, dude, where you're at. It's, it's awesome, man. I appreciate that. I do. I <laughs> I'm serious. That. Like, look at that guy. Yeah. That's a good looking guy too. Yeah. He? He's good I mean, looking. Geez, all he makes right me look good. We... Just next to him. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's you guys are making me blush, but this is what I it's about the podcast with the guy, right? The, 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 this is what it's about, right? Like yeah. I, like my life, man, I'm going to get emotional. My life is blessed because I have people like Terry Sellers in my life. My life is blessed because I, my life's been touched by Todd Sylvester. Like mm-hmm. the importance of a lot of times I think we get wrapped up in, you know, the, the everyday grind. And I don't think a simple conversation that you have with somebody, yeah. you don't realize how impactful that can truly be because I went from being low. My battery was right. If you think of an iPhone, it's yeah. blinking at me 5% battery <laughs> to boop hundred percent. Right. Like I left charged up, yeah. ready to attack the day. And I, that's what it's about. Yeah. I, that's one of the big, um, one of the big roadblock stumbling blocks that I see, I, I say, I, I approach this a little differently than you, but it's the same exact philosophy. And that is if you, if you had a really good friend who spoke to you, like you speak to you, you wouldn't be friends with them. Yeah. We tell ourselves the most unbelievably terrible things right. about ourselves. And we wouldn't put up with that if somebody else was saying that exactly, to us, but yeah. we, but because we're saying it, it's okay. Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a big stumbling block for people because if they have that belief, how are they going to rise above that if they believe that about themselves? Exactly. Belief dictates behavior every time. <laughs> and if your behavior, see, if you if the, if the behavior is wrong, which when you're using, right, there's the behavior. Well, what's the belief that's sponsoring that? Right. <laughs> what's, what is that? And if you can go and resolve that and change that belief, your behavior will change automatically. 
right? Your outer world mirrors your inner world. And it's, it's a remarkable, that's why I love doing what I do is to see someone create a, a brand new, powerful belief system about themselves. I mean, you're a great example of that. Just what we were just talking about, like a simple statement to you, you, you went, Oh wow. Yeah. And then you've ran with it since. And look how beautiful, look how your behavior changed. Think about that. Yeah. It's so subtle, but yet so powerful. I don't know. I just, I get goosebumps, man. Yeah, absolutely. Another concept that, that you hit me with too is I was trying to control and hang on to everybody else's perception of me as well. Do you remember yeah. that part of oh, our yeah. conversation? Oh, yeah. Like my, you my family's thinking thought. this yeah. and these people are thinking this. And and to, if I can share, Todd, I'm giving away all your secrets on this podcast, Todd. It's all good. Todd said to me, <laughs> let go of control, which I still struggle with sometimes today. What? Right? <laughs> but, but it, I was able to really, that's the first time that concept of letting go of control of other people's perceptions of yeah. me really took hold and I'm getting better at it. Right. But today I'm a, way more confident than I was. You should have saw me when I walked in Todd's office. I mean, I was way worse than I am now, but also I think it's, it's important when people challenge your beliefs, like you did that day for me, Todd, Hey, don't short sell yourself. You're really quite terrible right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I love you doc sellers. <laughs> When people challenge your belief, it plants a seed, right? And as we kind of move through, is could that possibly be true? To have things come up that reinforce that yeah. is really what makes it take roots and start to grow. Right. You know, like like I shared at the beginning of this podcast, a year ago started with next to nothing to do this thing, but I had the desire to do it. And then to have people like like Ty Hansen and Step say, Yeah, we'll yeah. sponsor you. We'll do it. People like yeah. Chris at the Hilton that says, Yeah, we love what you're doing, we'll sponsor you. That reinforces that belief, yeah, Todd, all, that I'm not broken. Right. Like if other people see something in me, it reinforces that belief and ignites yeah. that belief. Yeah. And we've all heard this statement, uh, you know, connections, the opposite of addiction. Absolutely. Right. And so, so you could also say your beliefs are also keeping you from that connection as well. Those negative ones that you had. And now that those have changed, you literally are, you know, Look what you're doing and you're making a difference in a lot of people's lives and it's just a beautiful thing to watch i love it the interesting the interesting thing is trying to talk people out of their beliefs right how how, how do you get people to release their beliefs because when i say to people hey if you talk to you know if a best friend talk to you like you talk to you um and then i say you know change that dialogue with yourself oh i can't do that <laughs> right. all you have yeah. to do is say i'm awesome like thanks all you have to do is say you're awesome. I noticed that. I noticed I'm quiet and that you turned me up. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, I'm normally not this quiet. I don't know why. But all you have to do is 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 maybe that's part of the whole fake it till you make it. Just tell yourself you're awesome sometimes. Well, um, so repetition deepens the impression, or in other words, repetition creates the new neural pathway. Think about it, guys. Every one of us in this room right now could sing the ABC song. Absolutely. Right? And we could, but we probably don't have time, but it, we could all sing it. And here's why we repeated it, right? Yeah. We repeated it over and over and over again. And here we are this many years later. And it's a fascinating thing that our brain does when we repeat something over and over, it goes from short term memory to long term memory. Mm -hmm. And when it's in the long term memory, it's there. And that's why change, you know, Dr. Sellers, that's why, you know, agreeing with you, um, changing those beliefs is difficult. It's as simple as saying I'm awesome. But I'm telling you, when you've had decades of beating yourself up, right. you have created this neural pathway, this belief system that's going to take a minute. And I'm telling you, so um, repeating stuff over and over again, and people, you know, people kind of get sick of, oh, it's affirmations. Right. So I but here's the thing. I can look in the mirror and tell myself all these good things, which I do recommend. But when I walk away from that mirror, I better act and be what I just said. So this is what's beautiful about this. Act as I, if. Act as if until you become, yeah. right? And when I do that, when I act as if after I've told myself all this beautiful stuff, guess what? That's the formation of the belief system. That's when my actions are backing up what I'm saying, right? The old saying, quit quoting Buddha and be Buddha. <laughs> I love that. Right? We can quote Buddha until we're blue in the face. But until I start being Buddha it, the best that I can in my actions, that's when my life starts to change. Yeah, absolutely. Todd Sylvester, man, you are on fire in that mic. Thank you so oh. much. So part one's about getting <laughs> ready to wrap up. It's winding down. <clears throat> it's winding down. 
in part two, I really want to touch on, he has a book, it's called Recovered. Todd's got a little bit of a different opinion on this thing, the addiction. So be sure to, to stay with us. <laughs> Join us in part two. We're going to jump into that after this 30 second break. Thank you. You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller, sponsored by Steps Recovery Center and the Hilton Garden Inn. I'm Desmond Lomax, one of the clinical executives here at Steps Recovery, and once you become of the Steps family, you're just a part of the Steps family. A lot of us have overcome substances, overcome addiction, and now we're able to help other people. Second of all, we're also going to help you in a way where you can afford to be helped. Third of all, we're going to give you the same quality that many organizations are charging two to three times, and it's more about you than it is about our organization. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. All right. Thank you, Desmond Lomax. We are back to We Do Recover. Episode 39, part two is brought to you by the Hilton Garden Inn in St. George, Utah. If you're traveling through Southern Utah, you need an awesome place to stay. Listen, we got some of the best places to get outside, get outdoors, get involved in, in mother nature. Check out the Hilton Garden Inn in St. George, Utah. Just give them a Google search, type in Hilton Garden Inn in St. George, Utah. They have amazing amenities. Customer services is out of out of this world they're phenomenal you stayed there last yeah, night. yeah you hooked me up there last night it's a beautiful place and uh yeah i'd recommend it to anybody absolutely absolutely it's where i sleep every night before a podcast <laughs> <laughs> i like it i like when it. you finally go to bed at five in the morning and wake up at eight oh no, you gotta go to bed sometime <laughs> i wish you didn't but you you're, do, you're a night owl you're a night owl yeah i actually went to bed last night Shoot, by 11 o'clock, it was unbelievable. That's a record for you, <laughs> it Doc. Is. It's a world record. <laughs> yeah, but that's a right. world record. I, I feel pretty good this morning, so Very nice. uh, I should try that more often. Nice. Hey, let's get back into this. So uh, I noticed that uh, the title of your book is called I Am Recovered. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's not, that's not even possible, <laughs> right? Because right. once you're an addict, you're always an addict. You can't be recovered. He has a different you're take. You're recovering. Yeah. So, uh, your, that, that take is gonna, is gonna ruffle some feathers, including maybe even mine. Um, <laughs> but that's good. But I think that's, oh, I think that's great. No, I think that's, let's tell us about that title. Tell us about that philosophy. Tell us about that. Thought. Yeah. So again, um, this is coming from 31 years of experience in being clean and uh, then wait, also wait, wait. trump and, card trump card yep, guy's been you. clean longer than anybody else <laughs> yeah he's been he clean made. longer than me so it's a pretty decent argument already first of all well yeah. just meeting with thousands of people over the years and just going through my own addiction i just you know i don't think we always have to be in recovery i mean i'm out living my life i don't have to be like, oh, I'm in recovery. And I think a lot of times what happens is we, people get stuck in that mindset because again, if we're talking belief systems, belief systems are real and yeah. they dictate behavior. If I think I'm diseased and broken and um, I'm in recovery for the rest of my life, that's a life sentence. And then that's some, and I'm not saying everyone takes it that way. And and I, I'm not against if anyone, that's what they wanna believe. And sure. if that works for them, I'm the first one to high five them that they're living a great life and I'm glad for them. But for me, I just believe that we can get to a point where I'm recovered. I don't, I'm not waking up every morning now going, okay, I hope I don't have a drink today. No, I'm going to go out and I'm going to, I was going to say something else, but I don't want to have him to mute it. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I just, I'm going to go out and make a difference in this world. And that's what I'm doing. I, you know, I think that kind of philosophy if I, if I am recovered, it's empowering. I get it. I know I'm not going to go spend a night in the bar t tonight. I'm not going to go. I know that I don't do that. Right. 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 I'm not going to go back and have a drink. I know that I'm not going down that road anymore, but it's not even, it's not even an option. So, if so that makes sense, but it took a minute to get here. I'm not trying to discard anyone. When I was, when I was a year or two into the, what I was doing, I was in recovery. 
because I was, again, I was struggling and, and, you know, and you understand this too, Jared, you've been there. And so, but I think I really truly believe that we can get to a point where we're, we are recovered. Yeah. I would agree with that. And, and I want to point out something that's big too. There, this thing isn't a one size fits all, right? Like th- th- sure. this is not a one size fit all ball, ball cap that everybody puts on. What works for me might not work for somebody else. Todd's mindset, the thing that he, the way he approaches this works for him and may work for some people. And so it, it's kind of like modalities in therapy. Right. If one modality isn't working, what do you do? You go to your toolbox, you pull out another modality and you approach with that modality until right. some, something's going to take. Yeah. Right. And I think it's important. A lot of times I feel like we get so close to the tree, we can't see the forest, right? Like right. no matter what approach works for you. That's almost like a phrase somebody said once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a great. Re- Interesting. I, it's not plagiarism. It's repurposing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Plus, I don't know who the original one. I don't think anybody knows that. that. But yeah, but well, yeah, no. And and let me. I want to add something too. So, um, you know, you guys have probably heard of a guy named Simon Sinek. He's one of the, you know, number one leadership for businesses and things yeah. like that. And he told me once, that, and I really believe this, that if you master the first eleven steps of AA, you will drink again. If you master step twelve, you'll never touch another drop. Mm. And what's step twelve? Yeah, take it out to the yeah, give it a, yeah, you're giving suffers. it away. Right. Yeah. And again, back, the, going back to the principle, the message. going back to the principle I learned when I gave away all my money as a bartender, ironically, to that little girl at the lemonade stand. <laughs> and so and and that's when I knew when when that's when I'm like, this is who I really am. And I think, you know, that 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 helps me realize, you know what, I don't have to sit there and keep saying I'm in recovery. I think it, it can get to a point where it's over. I'm living my life and this is what I'm doing. Well, and that's what this podcast is all about. We do recover. Right. Like we like, right. Yeah. And that's part of some of the literature in the fellowship. Like we oh, one, one more thing. And what follows I am follows you. And I got a very powerful story. If we, if we have time, I'd love to share it. Well, we're going to have time if, given that intro. We're going to have time for that story for sure. But I also want to point out real quick. Can we though, change the name of the podcast to we are recovered? <laughs> nope, it's set in stone. Okay, but I but I do want to point out. I, wow. I, I do wow. want to. I do want to point out though, and let's ask. I want to make get Todd's take on this. You are saying though that if you were to hang out in bars, if you were to go around slippery places, as we call it, right, your disease is waiting there for you. It's waiting for you to. Well, the choice is there waiting for me. Right. Yeah. And here's, I say this a lot to my clients. What's the worst thing you could do if you went to a bar tonight? And they'll say drink. And I say, no, I'll say no. Hmm. You, I'll say no. Uh, the worst thing you could do is not drink because then you think you can hang out here all the time. Oh. And then you're going to go the next week and then the next week. And then some hot girl is going to walk up and say, hey, you, you want to have a drink with me? And in a moment of weakness, <laughs> right? Right. So I get that. I'm not. I'm not naive to that. Right. So, but again, when you're doing like what you're doing, Jared, you're helping people, the last thing you want to do, it's not even on your radar. Right. And that's what I'm saying. You, I look at you as you're, you're recovered because look how you live in your life. Now, Thank you. if I'm white knuckling it and a lot of people do, and I feel for you and, and I, and that's a miserable place to be. And I've been there for, I was there for several years. I didn't like that feeling. And it was tough because again, we're, we're trying to reshape our belief systems, we're, we're, we're going through therapy, we're trying to process our past and some trauma and things that we've been through. That is all necessary. All of that is part of all of the recovery, for sure. And so, but again, what follows I am follows you. I am recovered, man, that's empowering. It's a right. statement. I, I learned a long time ago, Jared and, and Terry, I was gonna make my life a statement, not an apology. I was saying sorry for year after year and family and friends are like, would you quit saying sorry? Mm. And it hits me. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make my life a statement. Yeah. I, you can't argue with that. Mm. Absolutely. Hope, hope my family's that. listening. Yeah, absolutely. I got a family member apologizing a bunch. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and again, I get why they're saying it, but it's finally, it's about taking accountability. When we take accountability, suffering stops. The opposite of accountability is playing the victim. And then I'm constantly saying, I'm sorry. I have to finally look in the mirror and go, okay, enough's enough. I'm taking charge of my life. And that's when I knew that I was going down a different road. Kind of like with you, Jared, right. you finally knew like, you know what? I'm going down a different road. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Not only that, but it's kind of like, what are you going to say about me that I don't already take accountability for and I don't already own, right? right. Like, you can't yeah. shame me for something that I've already said. Yeah, that I did make that mistake. I did do those things. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's get into that story. Yeah, I, I, I thank you. I absolutely. hope that's okay, and yeah. I'll I'll go, I'll go quick because I know um, we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> hey, it's it's all about you today. But, Episode thirty nine is yours. <laughs> thank you, um, because this is one of the greatest experiences I've ever had, and one of the most powerful teaching moments I've ever had in my life. And so, I've done a lot of speaking events over the years, um, but two years ago, I had the opportunity to speak at the Utah State Prison. Ooh. The Toastmasters um, reached out to me and set that up. And so I got to go out to Promontory here uh, at the Utah State Prison. And I walk, you know, I go there. I have to go through a background check. And, you know, you walk through, you know, big, oh, big yeah. fences with barbed wire and, you know, the metal doors. It's like what you think prison would be. And it's a little intimidating. I'll be honest with you. I was a little intimidated. I'm like, wow, okay, <laughs> this is different because I've never wasn't done that cozy before. and warm and welcoming. <laughs> <laughs> so I go through a metal detector. There's three guards sitting there and they pull me aside and they run down, you know, what I got to do. And they said, if something goes down, make sure you're standing by one of us. And mm. I'm like, is there something going to go down? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> do you know something? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so I walk into this gymnasium. It's a cinder block gymnasium walls, right? Not very big. So it's loud. Oh, yeah. But I walk in the back and there's 120 inmates sitting in there. So again, feeling a little intimidated. I, w I have to walk all the way in front of them to get to the front row where I was sitting. You know, and they're all just kind of looking at me. They're probably like, who's this old dude who parts his hair on the side? What's he going <laughs> to tell us? Right? Yeah. So I sit down. They have three uh, inmates go before me. They, they're each going to take five minutes and they want me to take an hour and 15 minutes. So these three guys go. And it was amazing. These three guys, they they shared about their story of recovery and what they've been through. And I was just blown away. One of the guys says, if you don't own your story, it owns you. Mm -hmm. And I went up to him after I'm still in that. I right? So that. I give him props for that. Anyway, so I stand up and I'll tell you what, guys, I've done a lot of speaking events, a lot of them in high schools and junior highs. And to, if you can keep a junior high auditorium, all these kids, listening to you Engaged. it's a miracle <laughs> right right it might be worse it might be better than a miracle but yeah <laughs> i think it is hurting cats for hurting sure. cats these guys were sitting up they weren't talking to their neighbor i had their attention it was you know how like when you know you got the room yeah i had the room sharing my story and i had this impression come over me to ask him this question i said how many of you by the show of hands are criminals Every hand goes up, right? Mm. And they're looking at me like, duh, Todd, we're in prison. Yeah, right. Do you know where you oh, are, hello. Todd? Do you know where you're at? Wow, this guy's dumb. And, <laughs> and, with, and with their hands up, I said, why are you lying to yourselves? Mm. And their hands start to slowly go down. I go, you guys are lying to yourselves. Why are you doing that? And I'm again, they're looking at me like, what are you talking about? And then I said, how many of you committed a crime today? Raise your hand. I didn't know what was going to happen. No hand goes up. And I said, how many of you committed a crime yesterday? Raise your hand. Not one hand goes up. And I said, see, you're lying. And then I asked him these questions. How many of you have been honest today? And it looked like every hand went up. I'm sure there was a couple that didn't, but every, it looked like every hand went up. I said, how many of you have done the right thing today when no one was looking? Yeah. And you don't know what you're going to get there. Right. Every, every hand goes up. I kid you not. Then I said, how many of you have followed the rules today here in prison? Every hand goes up. And then I said, how many of you have respected others, especially your cellmate today? Every hand goes up. And I said, see, you've been lying to yourselves because what you just told me is that you're honest, you have integrity, you're respectful, and you're caring. And I kid you not, guys, had I not been there, I wouldn't have believed it myself. I got a three-minute standing ovation. These guys stood up. Guys were getting emotional. I had yeah. one guy waving me down saying, hey, I'm like, what? He goes, can I come give you a hug? Yeah. This guy comes up, gives me this hug. And when they sat down, I said what I just said earlier. What follows I am follows you. Quit calling yourself criminals. You guys know that you've done criminal behavior. That's, we all know that. Right, right. But today, you're honest. You're, you're, you have integrity. You're respectful and you're caring. I mean, that's, pr that's a pretty good person in my book. I'll take that all day long. I, I kid you not, these guys came up, every single one of them, and gave me a hug and said, we have never heard anyone say that to us in this place. They have a therapist that's there 24-7 on site 
at the prison, she came up to me and said, I will never let these inmates ever again say that they're criminals. That's amazing. It was, and again, back to what we originally were saying, the most powerful force in the human psyche is the story we tell ourselves yeah, about the, ourselves. The narrative theory. Yes. Yes. Yep. It becomes your reality. Right. You know, reality is merely an illusion, albeit a very persistent one. And so whatever we're telling ourselves becomes our reality. And that goes back to, that's why, and, and just works for me. And I'm not against how, like you said, different modes for anyone. I am recovered, man. I look myself in the mirror and I say that and I get emotional because I know the hell that I've been through. Yeah. And I will not, I will never forget that, but it just empowers me. It, it helps me go, you know what? I'm never looking back. And so, but anyway, thanks for letting me share that. Oh, that, all went, that. that went great. I'm so glad we got that story. I, that have, a, is, I have a different story in the gymnasium at the prison. But <laughs> as, is as, it podcast appropriate? Yeah. As a freshman, we took a basketball team out there and played oh, the really? prison basketball team. And, you know, we're walking down the rows oh, wow. where there's cells and yeah. we were black and yellow and everybody's, hey, the bumblebees, the bumblebees. And I'm scared to death. I'm like this little 17 <laughs> year old freshman right. kid. Right. And we played against the prison team and, the, you know, the, the, the center was six foot nine and we had a guy that was, I think I might've been the center at six one at that time. And. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I asked, I shook the post hand, up, post up. shook the hand of the guy next to me and said, what are you in for? And he said, murder. And I'm like, we're, I'm, we're not going to win this game. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm You're like, here's the death. ball. You think I'm going to body up hard on this guy? Yeah, you think I'm going to foul you now? There's no way. So, but I met some really nice people and yeah. I was really impressed with the spirit of people oh. that, yeah, I think must've been probably right after you had told them they weren't criminals because <laughs> they were, uh, they were super nice. Hey, I'll tell you, I'm glad you brought that people. up. I never felt more safe mm -hmm. with these people there. It was amazing. Yeah. I, I never felt more respected. I, I could have, I, and it was interesting. They all hit up their wives. Okay. The, who were not in prison. Right. And I got just nailed Tons with a bunch of, of Hey, where do so. we get your book? My husband yeah. loved your story in prison and blah, blah. And it was the yeah. coolest thing. Yeah. And, and I still am friends with a lot of them from that time. And it, it was just a great moment. And that, that's what I walked away with too. Was yeah. it just a bunch of respect for the human spirit and for, oh, for, for sure how people are. I, I got, I got kind of a story about what, what Todd's talking about. Yeah, it has to do with one of our buddies. Okay. Taz Decker. I don't know him. Really? Well, Come he doesn't on, play golf with me anymore. Oh, anyway. so you've written him off? <laughs> yeah. But so he recently, I, I've said this on previous podcasts, the dude's lost a ton of weight, looking great, right? Like yeah. physically in shape. Yeah. And so I said to him, I said, Taz, what's your secret? Expecting a diet, expecting, right? Yeah. Like some, you know, and he said, I meditate. And I'm like, yeah. uh, how many calories does that burn? <laughs> right? <laughs> like That's some intense meditation. Yeah. And, and he says to me, <laughs> one of my affirmations that I say to myself is I am fit. I'm thin, Beautiful. right? And, he, Beautiful. and that's the affirmation that he tells himself. And therefore he goes out and acts on it yeah. and watches what he eats and only drinks water. And that's, the dude's lost a ton of weight. So, and it's exactly what you're talking about. Exactly. And when we say sports science has proven that when we say something out loud, it's 10 times more powerful than when we think it. Mm. So if we say something negative out loud, it's 10 times, and you could probably even, even more than that, more powerful than if you just think it. So when he says out loud, I'm fit, I look great, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in shape. Yeah, it may might be 100% accurate, right? But I'm telling you, it's amazing what happens. The psyche starts to do something. It's a beautiful thing. Well, and it transfers into his behavior, right? When he tells himself these yep. things, he, he when it, yep. the opportunity comes to eat something that he probably isn't the yeah. best nutritional thing to eat, he tells, he's been telling himself, I'm yeah. fit, I'm in shape, I'm an athlete, right? So they... What, with what he believes that doesn't fit, therefore yeah. he doesn't partake. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, wait, I have that affirmation in my favorite sport, golf. You're coming to a hole, there's a lake on the left and there's a fairway yeah. on the right. And if you tell yourself, don't hit it in the lake, yeah. guess where the ball's going? Going to the lake. Right? Hit it here. Yeah. Hit the ball love over that. here. Yeah, you and you and you're more likely to do that, yeah. it feels like. I love that. You never want to motivate yourself with the reverse of an idea. Yeah. So if you look in the mirror and say, I'm fat, I better go to the gym. Again, like what you just said about that golf, you know, you don't want to say that you want to look in the mirror. I'm fit. I'm getting healthy. I'm still going to the gym because I'm right. going to put in the work because my behavior is going to mirror what I just said in the mirror. Right. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's powerful. And I, oh man, there's so much I want to say today. Um, I, I want the listeners and the viewers to understand something that we are powerful people. 
We, we are powerful. We're not powerless. We are powerful. We can be powerful in a negative way and we can be powerful right. in a positive way, but we just have to hone that in. If we're going down the wrong road, that's a very powerful thing, actually. When you, you and I are in our addiction, we were going down the wrong road, but we were powerful in that. Oh, yeah. So we, had, we have to shift that power, that energy. Energy can't be destroyed. It's about if you shift energy into another direction, it weakens it in the other. So it's interesting how that works. And so I just want everyone to know who's listening to this, man. You got, we, if you're struggling, I'm telling you, it's because t- I guarantee it goes back to the story you're telling yourself. Yeah, the narrative theory. So, what are you telling yourself? So r- relate. Let's uh, relate this back to. So I see patients all the time that that are you know that drink alcohol way too much, right? Yeah. <laughs> and well, doc, what do I do when I you know what do I do when I encounter a situation where somebody offers me a drink? How about just tell them I don't drink? Yeah. I mean, first of all, this is a state where that's not that unusual. Right. I mean, there's a bunch of people that don't drink in this state. You don't have to, if you don't want to tell them you're an alcoholic, that's fine. How about I don't drink? Yeah. Like just, just tell them who you are. I don't drink. Sorry. If you want to tell them your story and tell them why that's fine, but you don't have to. I love that. People have no idea that they can even say that. Yeah. I love that because I think we overcomplicate it honestly in the recovery world. I think we overcomplicate it's, it's, I always say to my clients, this isn't rocket science. (laughs) But we, but we want complexity. We overcomplicate everything. And like you just said, I don't drink. That's my response. Yeah. It's, it's, kinda- it's affirmative and it's, it's not rude. It's just saying, I'm taking, no, this is who I, I don't drink. I did, I right. did 31 years of I don't drink. I grew up Mormon, still Mormon. I did 31 years of I don't drink, never touched a drink or anything, mm-hmm. and nobody really ever questioned it. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, so I'm a recovering drug addict, right? Uh, or recovered, uh, but now all of a sudden <laughs> you're recovered, buddy. There you go, buddy. So far, put that in your pipe and yep, smoke it. Right, I'm going to. <laughs> but but now it's all complicated when people ask that. Like I, you have to complicate it too much. It's like no, I did it for 31 years. It worked fine. I didn't drink yeah. for those whole 31 years ever. Right. I think yeah. a lot of it goes back to what do you identify with? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it, let's take a smoker for example. Okay, just to to keep it super simple and hopefully not offend anybody. If I'm, if I tell myself I'm a smoker, if, if, right, if that's my value, if that's what I, how I identify and I try to quit, I tell, oh, I'm four days without smoking, but I still identify as a smoker. Right. Does that make sense? And so therefore it, you're more, you're more likely to fall back into it because it's part of how you identify with yourself. You identify as I smoke cigarettes. And so you can have a period of time where you're abstinent from smoking but until that value switches in your head, until you start to identify with, I don't smoke, and that's the story, the right. narrative yeah. that you're telling yourself, yeah, I mean, you're going you're gonna to do the waffle thing for a while. Yeah. And I also, I, I love the narrative theory. So in my Sudsy work, one of my favorite groups that I run, have you guys ever sat around a campfire and played Mafia? You know what I'm talking about? Not really. So no. it's a game with a deck of cards, okay. and on one of the cards you write Mafia. Okay. The other one's the detective. Okay. And the other one's the angel. And yeah. then if you don't have a card that's written on, you're just a, a citizen. Just a okay. And you pass out the cards, right? <laughs> you pass out the cards and you play a couple rounds. Mafia, head up, right? They pick somebody. Who do you want to kill? They pick somebody. Mafia, head down. Detective, head up. Who do you suspect, right? And so it's this narrative. It's this gameplay. And after you play a couple rounds of that, you ask them, what did we just do? Well, we played a game. But what was I doing? You were narrating. Okay. And what story did we come up with, right? So it would be, you know, Mafia, Terry, he really upset Mafia. He decided to date his daughter and didn't treat her very well. Mafia got after him. Terry's dead, right? So we talk about this narration, and I say, what narration are you telling yourselves, right? What stories are you holding on to? It's funny. One of the most common things we do in treatment is people do their autobiography, and Nine times out of ten, what do they talk about in those autobiographies? Oh, yeah, for sure. They don't talk about, hey, well, I learned how to ride a bike at five years old. All of their mess ups, everything they yeah. did wrong, everything that's yeah. terrible. I'm about not them. a fan. Yeah. Right. And so therefore it's like, how long have you been telling yourself that story? How yeah. long how long are you gonna hold on to that? How long is that gonna be your truth? How long is that gonna be your identity? Yeah, yeah I love So that. it becomes such an identity. People don't um so you, you say we identify with being a smoker, right? It becomes such an identity that we, it becomes part of us. Right. It's not 
So I shot morphine for a while, right? It wasn't morphine. Oh, it was my morphine. Right. It became a part of me. Yeah. Right. And so we identify with, well, how am I going to live without my morphine? Well, okay, you made that a part of you. It's time to get rid of that and give that away and yeah. make it not your morphine anymore. It's that it's morphine. Right. Yeah. Right. And I want to, if you're listening to this and you think it's all crazy hoo-ha, I want you to think of something. When I was broke, no money, pawned everything that I when, valued. When you say broke, you mean not didn't have any money? Didn't have any money. Okay. Homeless. Not broken. I found a way, right, to acquire my substance of choice. Oh, for That's sure. That's my thought. Right? I attracted it. Right. And what Todd's talking about is the opposite of that. Right. Todd, thank you so much for coming on today. We got a minute. We're winding down here. Yeah. Dude, you're you're. Thanks a, for having me. Hey, that was you're good a stuff. Spiritual giant. Yeah. Do you, uh, you. have a uh, something you'd like to leave with the listeners? Like, is there a? Yes, I would. If I could go back to my addiction 31 years ago and walk up to it and say something to it, I would say thank you and I'd give it a big hug. Mm. You want to know why? Because I'm sitting here talking to you too, mm-hmm. and all your listeners and viewers. I am. I'm not kidding you. Life happens for you, folks, not to you. I, I really do believe everything we go through is a blessing, the good and the bad, because we learn from it and we grow from it. Again, Jared's a beautiful example of that, and uh, I just I'm grateful that I've learned these things. Thank you so Love much. You guys. Thank you so much. We're taking a break next week. After that, though, we'll be back on the 28th. We appreciate you guys checking this out. The only thing we ask is that you share it. Leave a comment on why you loved it. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. This has been a production from A Podcast Studio.